Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after some of the world's most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French. In this special Transform It Forward mini-series, I'm stepping back from the content we've produced so far to connect the dots. For the next few episodes in the series, I'm taking a look back at some key clips from past interviews that share a common element or discuss similar industries. We've already taken a look back at transportation and retail, and today we're going to explore something that affects all industries, the war for talent and refining workforce needs. With these interviews as our guide, we'll be exploring some common themes in attracting, hiring, and retaining top talent today. Over the past few years, just about every aspect of the workforce as we knew it has shifted dramatically. From the beginning stages of recruiting new hires to the steps employers are expected to take to keep their employees happy, almost everything associated with the employee experience has changed. First, let's talk recruitment with Evan Sohn, the chairman and CEO of Recruiter.com. And he made some interesting points about how the process has evolved and where it's going in the future. So let's talk for a moment about the model, right? So the historical or traditional legacy model of hiring was certainly in the mid-market was, hey, I'm taking a percentage of the salary, right? Very much like a broker's model, right? Your typical broker. I sell something for X and I get a percentage of X. But if I asked you, how do you find the best talent in the fastest amount of time? You would say, all right, well, let's do the opposite. Help me recruit slower, right? What would be the slowest way to find somebody? Well, the slowest way to find somebody would be to find the wrong recruiter, right? No subject matter expertise, right? You're looking for a rocket scientist and you're hiring someone that knows, you know, manufacturing workers, you know, uh, factory workers, right? Complete opposite. So I find the wrong recruiter who has no contact database whatsoever, no engaged talent pool, no curated talent pool, no tools to source candidates, nothing. And I pay them on success. Right. So if you are looking for that rocket scientist and you hired that recruiter, the probability of that success would be next to nothing. Right. It would be as if they threw a dart, you know, a mile away and potentially it hit a board. They have no way of succeeding. So the opposite must be true. So the fastest way to hire talent would be to find the right recruiter, subject matter expertise, geography, et cetera. Right. I want a rocket scientist in Buffalo, New York, that's worked in, you know, three, at least three years in the automotive industry. It doesn't matter. Right. Give me the right recruiter with an an existing, engaged, ready to go uh, curated talent pool. So LinkedIn has done a great job identifying who people are. We don't we don't care about identifying people. We want to know who's engaged, who's ready, who's ready to make a move, who's ready to look at an opportunity, who's up and coming. And then finally, maybe it's not paying them on success only. Right. We don't pay our attorneys on success. Again, you know, if we're looking at litigation, et cetera. Right. We don't go to our doctor and go, Hey, do me a favor, operate on me. And if I like how it comes out, I'm going to pay you. Right. We don't do those things. And instead we're, we're paying someone only on success. I don't know if I want that. I want to have a recruiter that pays that I'm paying on a, on a regular basis. So I, I think we're going to start to see a shift to really being, Hey, a curated talent pool and the right recruiter working on that curated talent pool. Despite how dramatically the recruitment process has evolved, Evan reminds us that when you strip away all the tech, the tools, the fancy gizmos, hiring talent is really about the human element. What's incredible is that recruiting, despite all of the technology, right? And whether it's ZipRecruiter or Indeed or LinkedIn and 10 years ago is Monster.com and other companies like that, despite that, 
the recruiting industry is very much of a human. Uh, there is a, a strong human interaction. There's a strong human element to recruiting. In fact, I heard a great podcast the other day, but you know, the top three most important decisions a person makes in their life is who they're going to choose as their, their partner, their spouse, a home that they buy, and their career. And we all rely on people to help us throughout that process. Recruiting is a very, very, very human element there. And if you look at the actual recruiting flow, right, there's, you know, post a job, collect resumes, review resumes, uh, phone screen or screen the, uh, the potential candidates, then interview them and then hire them. That process hasn't changed. The resume was created by Leonardo da Vinci. So that's how long ago it is. But that process hasn't changed. Now, instead of posting a job in the classified advertisement of the New York Times, which is how actually my wife got her job, her first job. Instead, we were posting them on ZipRecruiter and Indeed, or we're posting them on niche job boards. And we'll have, instead of just collecting resumes, gee, I have a bot that will go out and find people for me, both active and passive. And I'll filter them. I'll use some tools to help filter them. And now instead of just screening them, I'll video them. But that process hasn't changed. That tells me that this is ripe for disruption. And one other thing, you know, the 80-20 rule has to apply to every market, right? There's always 80. And how do you spend 80% of your time and how do you spend 20% of your time? The reality is in the recruiting industry, recruiters who are valued individuals in the ecosystem spend probably 80% of their time finding the candidates and 20% of the time talking to both potential candidates and clients. That needs to change. And what needs to change is they should be spending 80% of their time engaging with candidates and having those conversations and helping shepherd that overall process and 20% of the time finding. And if we could, as a company, create a tool set and the tools that enable a recruiter to behave in that such a fashion where they could spend more time actually conducting the recruiting process, that's really going to drive great, great disruption. I'll give you some crazy statistics. So the average hire in the U.S., the hiring manager will spend 42 days, review 250 resumes, and it'll cost to hire over $4,000, $4,129 in raw time. That's a crazy amount of time. Now, I'll give you another statistic. The voluntary churn in the U.S. in employment, so these are people leaving jobs, coming and going, leaving jobs voluntarily, is between 22 and 27%. So that means if there are 150 million people employed in the U.S., and we're not talking about contractors or gig workers, we're talking about employed, that's 30 million people just moving around. 30 million people moving around. So, you know, when we reported last month, the job market added 379,000 jobs. What most people don't know is that over 5 million people were hired. It was a net new of 379,000. That's $20 billion spent, not on the people. You know, we have this argument on we have to increase the minimum wage. Think how much money was spent hiring those people, over $4,000. So imagine if we could reduce the time, reduce the cost, because just this productivity time is just too damn expensive. And if we could eliminate half that cost or a third of that cost and put it back into the system, that's going to be incredibly transformative. Now, what's incredible today is what, what the pandemic has done is it's forced all these discussions to happen. You know, we're all acting remotely and, and you and I have been reading about, gee, do companies allow people to work from home? I don't like it, we're gonna try it, maybe one day a week, that's gone. That whole discussion is out the door now. And again, I'm exaggerating, but to prove a point. 
right? The pandemic has expedited things that were going to happen on its own. So how do we now hire faster? Keep in mind, there are nine plus million people still unemployed in the US, right? Nine million, not over nine million people. If we could only hire 379,000 people a month, that's going to take months, months, 20 plus months in order to hire these 9 million people back. We don't have time to do that. We have to make that happen now. We have to be doing things today that expedite this hiring process. And that's really why we've really been talking a lot about video and the ability to use video to really expedite this overall process. Attracting, recruiting, and hiring the right talent is one thing, but retaining top talent into the future, reducing churn, has also become a whole other ballgame over the last few years. In the war for talent, employees are expecting more than ever from their employers. And if you hope to retain top talent, you need to prioritize that the people help them solve problems as if they were your own. One of the unique challenges faced by millions of employees across the U.S. is income volatility, a problem that John, founder of Even, took upon themselves to help employers and employees solve. In one of the, the, the many hours that Quentin and I spent together very early on, he actually brought up and, and honed in on a problem which I was not familiar with called income volatility, which is a problem that today more than half of the American workforce has to deal with. Since the pandemic, it's even more than that. It's like two-thirds of the workforce. It's this problem of not knowing how much money you're going to have because it changes all the time. If, if you're an hourly worker, you know, you might make $500 one paycheck because you got scheduled for, you know, 25 hours in that pay period you might make 750 bucks the next paycheck because you got scheduled for, you know, 35 hours. That is the volatility, which makes it very hard to, to manage your finances that, you know, even now there are not many solutions to, to help you deal with those problems. And so when we, you know, really learn more about this problem and, and how underserved this part of uh, the population is in dealing with this problem, that's where we started. It really was bottoms up. It's like, okay, here's a problem that we're going to try to solve. I think any employer that isn't offering, you know, modern financial benefits to help hourly workers, especially, is already thinking about doing it because it will be a requirement of of managing an hourly workforce within, I would say, even a few years. The, the key question for these employers is, am I going to pay for these benefits because my, I believe my people deserve that? Or am I going to sort of open up the doors for vendors who monetize my employees? Because they're, they're, that's, those are the two options that you really have. I am a little bit biased, obviously, but I think that any employer who chooses the latter, any employer who says, hey, like, sure, let's get, you know, an on-demand pay company in here who's going to charge three bucks every time someone wants to get some of their pay early. Like, that ain't the right choice. That's not going to deliver the enterprise value of making employees feel more valued because maybe it'll give you an initial bump when people are like, oh, oh, I can get my money immediately. That's great. Like, I'll take this job. Once that sort of that honeymoon wears off though, and people start realizing that they're paying 10, 15, even like $30 in some cases just to get their money. That's not a good future. And so I like that we're, we're, we're still in the early days, I think, of seeing which direction the market is going to go. 
and like the market has exploded and, and I think this will be the new normal, but there's two different versions of where it could go. And, and I really want to see it go in the direction of employers should be paying for this. Any business leader who hopes to succeed today needs to put their people first. Without people who are passionate, dedicated, willing to work hard, a business doesn't have much of a hope for material success. Today, savvy employers are recognizing the need to create streamlined employee experiences to keep the top talent happy, safe, and aligned with a bigger purpose. For John and the team, part of that included designing a robust value system from the very beginning. The problem with values or principles is like they are they don't mean anything unless you're willing to sacrifice something in order to maintain them. Like it, it's very difficult when you're actually like dealing with the trade-offs. Like, do I hire this person who's really, really good at the skill that we need, but like doesn't seem to to have the empathy that we're looking for? When you're actually in that moment, it's very difficult to get people to consistently do the hard thing, which is not compromise on the values, unless you've provided a framework which incentivizes them to do the hard thing. So one of the things my uh, people leader and I did really early on, I, I would say much earlier than a startup typically would, was we spent a lot of time designing a pretty detailed and robust hiring process and training everyone who's involved in hiring people at the company to follow this process and then actually tying you know how well they did on the process to the performance review cycle so you actually have that sort of that those dots connected from am i evaluating for these values correctly am i making the trade-offs the right way and is am i going to get rewarded for that because if you if you don't do any of that like you can get by with really strong culture in the early days for a little while for a little while but it doesn't scale as you said the only thing that scales is process and incentive structure amy mcgregor global hr vice president for the employee experience at manulife explained there are several components that go into designing a great employee experience to name a few clear communication collaboration and bold ambition this is what it takes to get employees on board with your mission. Well, Roy himself, first of all, is a very compelling leader. And the, the teams across Manulife, you know, he earned that respect. He was formerly the head of Asia. So when he took over the CEO role, he already had developed some of that respect and, and admiration across the organization. The other thing I'd say is that the language that he used was plain language, something that the employees can get behind. It makes sense. Decisions made easier. Lives made better. In fact, rather than going into a boardroom and creating our values in isolation, he uh, engaged the employees in creating our values. So we had, you know, the typical corporate values previously of, you know, act with integrity and, and other. But we really wanted to take a different approach and engaging employees in the development of our strategy, which included the values so surveys went out, focus groups were held, the employees themselves created these values, and that's why they resonate so well with employees at Manulife. So he created kind of a coalition, a groundswell, if you will, around this, and an alignment to our mission and our values and our strategic priorities. 
We also embedded the strategic priorities into everyone's goals. So everyone knows what they are and how they contribute to them. So that was quite important as well in driving the culture shift and the transformation that we're seeing. Every lead across Manulife was accountable to also documenting what is your point of departure? What is your point of arrival? And what's your plan of attack to get there? Now, how are you going to measure that via KPIs? So each and every GM and leader across the organization followed that same format to document how they were going to achieve the transformation within their respective areas. And even today, this was a few years ago, we track against those plans of attack. We track to ensure that we're making progress against them and we pivot where necessary. So even with COVID, none of that has slowed down and we're continuing to march forward. So what I'm seeing is that employees are really resonating with and rallying behind our mission and our bold ambition. They understand and can now draw alignment to the activities they're working on, how that aligns to one of our strategic priorities and the value that we're deriving from that. I'd also say over the last year, there have been projects that have fallen off the books or that have been started and stopped. And I think that's a testament to some of the central governance that we've had where if something's not working, we do need to make a call and make a decision on pausing or pivoting from that, where in the past, I think it might've taken us a lot longer to get to that point. Also, we are looking at continuing the journey on digitizing the employee experience. We really want a consumer grade employee experience that's simple and easy. And our focus areas are going to be on modernizing a lot of our employee tools. So, you know, every organization has a HRIS system, whether that's Workday or Success Factors or whatever that might be. So we're really looking hard at our tools and ensuring that we simplify them. So kind of going back to basics, less of a focus on customization and more of a focus on personalization. And what I mean by that is looking at employee journeys and the moments that matter across the employee journey and honing in on those that are the most important and ensuring that our processes make sense and that they're happening at the right time. They're served up depending on where an employee is within their journey, as well as just making it simple to access. We've talked a lot about curating employee and talent and learning journeys, and that's something that's going to be a big area of focus for us through 2021. How do we integrate all of those different points to craft kind of that path for employees as they embark on their journey at Manulife. So really exciting work around harmonizing a lot of our different platforms within HR, as well as leveraging our existing technologies like Microsoft Teams and really exhausting the capabilities of those technologies to get closer to the employee, to make their roles uh, and days and lives easier and simpler by leveraging that technology but also continuing to listen to employees through our various listening posts to ensure that what we're doing makes sense and that we have an opportunity to pivot where necessary. The workforce is evolving a mile a minute, but I hope this episode helped to open your eyes to some of the rapid changes we're seeing in terms of attracting, hiring, and retaining top talent. Here are three takeaways. First, No matter how high-tech the hiring process becomes over time, it is always a deeply human experience. Employers today need to have good judgment and spend plenty of time getting to know their prospects in order to hire effectively. Second, 
Now more than ever, employers need to look out for their employees. It's not enough to pay a decent salary and provide a few benefits. Employees are looking for a supportive workplace that's aligned with their own personal value system, including a sense of purpose and a flexible mindset. Third, employers should be focusing on making the employee experience as easy and streamlined as possible for their teams. As technology evolves, it's becoming more and more important to take advantage of the types of tools and platforms available to modernize the employer experience. Thanks for listening to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look at some of the world's most effective transformation processes. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Paul French, and I look forward to being with you next time. Transform It Forward is brought to you by Axway, who believes that in order to create the most value for customers, partners, and employees, you need to open everything by securely integrating and moving data across a complex world of old and new technologies.